So greetings and welcome to the Hacked Off podcast. Today we're going to talk about one single piece of news and dissect it, turn it around and look at it from different angles to shake it from the tree and see what falls out. Uh, before that, let me tell you a little bit about our company and why we're podcasting. Sakarma is a cybersecurity company. Uh, we do a thing called ethical hacking. Always kind of hard to explain to people what you do. If you say ethical hacking, the two words do not sit together nicely. They're an oxymoron, like ethical burglary. That's a thing. So what we do on a day-to-day basis is companies employ us to hack into them, to use the techniques that the bad guys use, but to do it in an ethical way, to find out where their vulnerabilities, where their flaws are, be that in computer systems or be that in the squidgy bit between the keyboard and the seat that is the human being, we will break it. We basically have the best job in IT. Geeks are now cool. We are the coolest of the geeks. So we are employed to do what the bad guys do, to break into systems. But we will only do it if we are allowed to under certain legal duties. So this is one of our earliest podcasts. And like all of these things, we will find our place and we will find our niche. We will morph into what we want to be. For this episode, we're going to take one piece of news and have a look at it. Other episodes may be news-based. Other episodes may be interviewing people. My name is Paul, I shall be your host, and let me introduce to you David Quinn, who's one of our marketing managers, and let's have a talk through one particular piece of news of the week. So hi David, thank you for coming on. Thanks Paul. The biggest story is Superdrug has been hacked, and I say that in inverted commas, because that was the news for the last two or three days, that something has happened to Superdrug they have lost customer details. And so much so that I think Superdrug handled it rather well that they sent out an email to their customers saying, please change your password. So that could just be the high-level version of that story. Yet another company, just like TalkTalk did in 2015, just like Dixon's have done three months ago, somebody's been hacked, customer details have been lost. And at that point, we could just leave it there. But when you look at the story and start dissecting it, taking it apart, you find that it's an awful lot more interesting than you think. So, Dave, tell me what you have seen from the Superdrug story just off the top of your head. I think the case of um, any news of a breach is uh, always going to be taken by the figures, the facts that were known at the time, obviously. And that makes a good headline, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. That's what understandable. Journal- that's what journalists want to sell papers on. That's what they sell the news on. They sell it on the, the figures. This many accounts have been stolen, this much money, this many credit card details, etc. Obviously, when a news of a breach comes out, it's a lot of speculation at the time, as you've alluded to in your intro there, that even Superdrug themselves probably don't know how many accounts have been taken? They've kind of they've taken a really good precaution. They've they've put in the disaster recovery plan really well. That they've actually just communicated with all their customers, which is refreshing to see. Um, but the problem is they don't know themselves. The news they obviously have communicated with the the press to say how this is a problem that could escalate, and this is what we know at the time. The press have reported it, but the facts probably won't come out for another month, two months, 
whatever period of time, really, you look back at previous hacks like Yahoo and Equifax and big hacks like that, and still there's some sort of myths and secrecy and we don't quite know how it was happened, but we think it's these people. So companies need to be aware that everyone's a target. So these kind of stories do highlight that fact. Um, I think for us, we don't want to jump on the, the kind of figures too much because, as I said before, things might change uh, i think one of the classic examples is talk talk where i think uh dido harding the md at the time or ceo sorry um mentioned that it was a i believe a, an advanced threat and she built it up as a as a big thing and then it turned out actually it wasn't that it was a it was a kind of a, a kid running the script and, <laughs> and it's funny because we we have spoken about this this super drug issue before and mm. and um, i think in a minute we will literally go and let's just look at the way the bbc covered it so let's let's take the the most trusted source of news in this country and dissect what what they said about it. But before we get onto that, your point of raising talk talk is very interesting because you hear the talk talk thing over and over again. And it was only when I looked into the super drug story that I saw I didn't realise talk talk happened in 2015, <laughs> yes. and we are still talking about this. <laughs> so there must be something fundamentally interesting about that out of all the breaches, yeah. that it still recurs. And it, on, it was only the other day when I looked at it that I realised that, you know, if you... You want to buy your lipstick, your mascara, your deodorant, and you now don't trust Superdrug. Other chemists are available. Yeah. You can take your money and move tomorrow. But people don't cancel mobile phone contracts until their contract runs out. Mm -hmm. So even though Talk Talk happened 2015, if you've got two years left on your contract and they have a million customers, they are progressively going to lose their customers over a much longer drawn out amount of time because there is no other company that doesn't have a competitor. Mm -hmm. Mobile phones, electricity charges, th things like that that are solid staples. People, yes, they will vote with their money and they will move on, but they don't move on until they have the choice. Yeah. The contract runs out. It's their choice to move. Yeah, so, exactly. so Talk Talk is fascinating. So we've got the BBC story in front of us. We're not read the whole story out, but mm -hmm. let us take us through the way that they've reported it because the reporting is the fascinating thing here. Yeah, of course. So as we said before, the, the news will always lead on the, the kind of sensationalist aspect of it, the figures that have been stolen. And from the super drug, uh, kind of from the story, you see that the leads on that a criminal group are an alleging that they have stolen 20,000 uh, customer data lists, uh, but only seen so far that 386 customers have been affected. So, okay, so something immediately doesn't ring true. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a case of, as you see with all stories, they will lead on that kind of figure. But if you read a little bit further, you start to uncover the real story. And just a bit further down, you then start to see that yeah, Superdrug have said that there was no evidence in terms of the systems being compromised and believed that the criminals had got in through customers' email addresses and passwords from other websites. So from a technical point of view, we would call this a password reuse problem. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where we can offer valuable advice to people. This is the, this is the important take. You know, with all these stories, there's a takeaway lesson. And the takeaway lesson is do not reuse passwords. Now, it's very easy to sit here and preach to people, but I don't know how many accounts you have in your personal life. Mm -hmm. If you didn't reuse passwords, 
you would have to commit to memory <laughs> several hundred unique passwords. <laughs> exactly. This is not useful advice to people. Yeah. Um, from the super drug point of view, yes, this is quite scary because if people reuse passwords and there are large data breaches out there, there are sites that allow you to check whether your email account has lost the passwords associated with the account. And we will put a link into the notes to similar kind of sites where you, you, you yourselves can go away and check this kind of stuff out. But it is not reasonable to expect normal human beings to commit to memory 30 different unique long passwords for everything that's important. The Superdrug website does do things like delivery. So if you reuse your password and it's lost in a breach on a website you sign up for, and then you've reused it, it's very simple for a hacker to get into an account on another website. And there are literally people who sit there on the internet trying passwords from one breach against a whole bunch of other companies. And this seems to have been what's happened with Superdrug. So 20,000, we're not quibble over the figures. Yeah, Maybe that's who they've got signed up. But if you can just get 300 accounts because... 300 people from a different breach have reused those passwords. It makes logical sense to then try and hold Superdrug to ransom by claiming that you've created this unique hack. Mm -hmm. And if they come back to you and say, well, prove it to me, then you have Joe Bloggs, Mrs. Smith. You have their name and address because they placed an order. You're basically working on fear. Yes. So you don't need to be technologically advanced or, as Dido Harding said, sophisticated because it was a 14-year-old that breached TalkTalk. Criminals are inherently lazy, mm -hmm. fundamentally lazy. They appear to be advanced in sophisticated cyber news every day it's an attack. And yes, there are people that are sophisticated and aggressive. But nine times out of ten, your generic cyber criminal does not want to put significant effort into one target. Using a shock, what I call the shotgun approach, always works mm -hmm. because you want the maximum amount of return for your criminal activities for the minimal amount of effort. So that covers the broad strokes of the super drug story. But I think, as you said, it's just the story behind the story and the lessons we can take away from it. Yeah. So we need to start thinking about giving people password advice. Now, I, in my head, have a bunch of password advice that I give to people. I'm going to put you right on the spot now. And without <laughs> telling you, I'm going to ask you, without giving anything away, how do you deal with passwords in your own personal life? Use a password manager, then use on the most critical accounts that I hold a different password, try to make it you know, very random words with uppercase, lowercase, special characters. The longer it is, the more secure it is. The way to get into a company is basically just look at the LinkedIn dump from years ago and, and we can kind of nearly guarantee that we'll find one or two people that have still got the same password and use that to, to kind of get okay, so into the system. Let's pull it back and dissect it for your, your average normal human being who's listening yeah. to this. Uh, you've hit on a bunch of stuff. You're, you're close <laughs> you have the right mentality. Security is a journey, it's not a destination. Of course. So let's think about it, right? People will give you different advice. There is conflicting advice. So I think when we live in the security world, everybody thinks that hacking is ones and zeros. It's an on or off. It's a binary situation. Mm -hmm. It's not a binary situation. It's fluid. Things change. People are people. One of the things I just picked up on when you were speaking was 
saying it is important to have complexity or unique passwords for what is the most important thing for you. Mm -hmm. And let us think about what what is the most important thing for people. So certainly that banking password, Mm -hmm. right? If you are going to go for complexity or go for length, the most important password is the password that protects your financial accounts, your credit card, your banking details. That If you are going to commit to memory three or four serious passwords, that's the one you don't reuse. And that's normal advice for most people, and I think the majority of people do that. But what they don't realise is, if you ever forget that password, (laughs) you need to get that password back. Mm -hmm. So actually, I always argue, more important than your banking password is the password for your email account. Yeah, definitely. Because you can click that link. We've all done it. We've all forgotten the password. (laughs) We've clicked the link. We've been sent a link to click on that recovers our accounts. Yeah. So how does that come through? It comes through your email. Mm -hmm. So if you have two important passwords in your life, they're going to be your banking password, but really they're going to be your email account password. Those are the two things you can't lose. Everything else is recoverable. Everything else is changeable. Definitely. Those are the important ones. So at this point, I can already imagine people listening going, well, you know, tell me what the magic answer is to, <laughs> to, to a password. My work has this password policy. Yes. And the general advice is, you know, let's get over eight characters. Mm-hmm. Let's have a special character. You need a capital letter. You need a number. Mm-hmm. And that actually is Windows' default password policy. Yeah. Now, that works. But there's a reason when we're hacking into companies that the first password we always try is password one. Yes. With a capital P... <laughs> A one and an exclamation mark. <laughs> because people are inherently lazy. Yes. So you've got to get over eight characters. You're going to type password. You need a capital letter. It's going to be the first character that you make a capital letter. You need a number. The first number is one. You have to put a special character in. You just hold down shift and hit one again and you get an exclamation <laughs> yeah. mark. So there is less inherent complexity to that kind of mm-hmm. password approach. So the advice is, yes, by all means, but to a certain extent, when you are forced to sign up for a website, you're at the mercy of the password policy they impose on top of you. Mm -hmm. So I have seen accounts where it's 12 characters. So I do password one, two, three, four, five, six until, <laughs> until the little bar goes green and tells me that I've reached enough complexity. Uh, there is a, I think it's Her Majesty's Custom and Revenue website. There's a government website mm-hmm. where the password policy is so complex, even I couldn't make a password <laughs> it considered to be acceptable. Yeah. That's of no use to a normal human being. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that you said is, you know, let's go for length. And I'm always a fan of length over just... If I am told I need to reach eight characters, I am not going to do a ninth character. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Because everybody wants what they want as fast as they can. Let us reach the bare minimum. Let us tick the box and move on about our day. You know, we live in a world where immediate gratification is the thing. Uh, But general advice that we give to people is, yeah, definitely go for length. Mm -hmm. You know, and I say to folks, you know, pick a book... Pick an artist, pick a favourite film, string those things together, 
pick numbers, throw them in, but go for a long password. And we will put this again as a link in the show notes, but there is a there is a an internet comic strip called XKCD and they do little strict stickman drawings yeah. and it's something humorous for, for geeks to laugh at. And there is a classic password um, script that they have where they explain that the longer the complexity is, the harder it is to to theoretically hack those passwords. Mm-hmm. So go for length. And his joke is take four separate random words. And his and the joke in the script is correct horse battery stapler are four unassociated words. I have seen people use that password, <laughs> correct horse battery stapler, because they thought it was a fun idea that nobody would think of. <laughs> Of course you're going to think of it. I have seen people brag to me, oh, my password is unbreakable because I use something I remember, but I move everything one character to the left on the keyboard. And they're quite shocked when I say, you know, I have a program that actually does that, that takes password lists and moves things one to the left, one to the right, (laughs) one up and one down. Oh, really? Yeah, because... Cyber criminals might be lazy, <laughs> but hackers are inventive people. Yes. And if you've thought of it, I can guarantee you a criminal Somebody or an ethical <laughs> hacker is, is way ahead of you and has probably programmed that up. Yeah. So the advice is always do not reuse passwords. Mm-hmm. Keep that banking password safe and secure. It's the gold standard. You can't get your accounts back if you lose your email password. Another important piece of advice, you touched on it, was the LinkedIn breach. Mm -hmm. And I have a small rant that I give to people in businesses. And uh, please stop thinking that LinkedIn is a work thing. It's not. It's a social network that just so happens to be focused on jobs. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't use the password for your work system as your Facebook password. Of course, intuitively, when you're taking pictures of your cat and your dinner or your children, that is why I don't log on to Facebook. It just tells me how inadequate and how much I failed at life. (laughs) You wouldn't reuse that Facebook password on your work system, right? You intuitively know these things are separate. But people fundamentally think that LinkedIn is a work thing. Mm-hmm. So you're dead right. What we do as consultants, nine times out of ten, if we're on a job with a big company who have not just bought our services because they want compliance, but they've really said, you know, come on, go for us. Mm-hmm. We care about security. We're taking it seriously. Now, we will treat every client seriously, but, you know, some clients, if they really want us to go for yeah. them, we will go for them. The first thing we do is go to what we call the LinkedIn password dump. Because people think that LinkedIn is associated with their work because they use it for their work. And sometimes they will have the same password for their work system as they do as for their LinkedIn password. And that has got, you would not think it's a real thing, mm-hmm. but that has got us into companies that have bought a hundred days worth of work and really want us to go for them. And you have to phone them up 30 minutes into the job <laughs> on day one and say, Got you. (laughs) Why? These things are important. Mm -hmm. Anytime I start a job at a new company, I spend the night before making a whole bunch of new passwords. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that. They are inherently lazy and it's not your fault. I always say people are stupid. An individual is clever, but people as a mass 
are lazy and stupid. And if they have to put in a password, you have a password for your email system. You have a password to log on to your desktop. You might have to use an application for your work. You will then reuse those passwords, of course. So you lose all the inherent trust that you get from a password because you reuse them. And this takes us full circle back to Superdrug. Superdrug, have they been hacked? We don't know. We're not in a position to pronounce on it. Mm-hmm. And Superdrug themselves have said they don't know. Yeah, we, yeah. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're not entirely sure. I mean, presumably the tech folk at Superdrug are not having this weekend off. <laughs> they're not having their bank holiday. Whenever this podcast comes out, there has just been a bank holiday. And I can tell you, the IT folks at Superdrug didn't get that bank holiday. Let's hope Superdrug do the decent thing and give them a day off in lieu for all the time that they have to do. We don't know. There might be a breach, there might be a fundamental vulnerability in Superdrug, but it's people reusing passwords that becomes the problem. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the gold standards, the ones that you want to keep safe, the ones you want to protect, but what about the 30 other passwords for for forums and things that you log on to. How do we deal with that? And you touched on it a little bit. I always say, well, a password manager is good. Mm -hmm. Think about what is important to you. Spend the time committing to memory the stuff that is important to you. You never forget where your car keys are. You always know where your credit card is and everybody should know where their passport is. If you're doing (laughs) the dishes just now or you're hoovering, that's why I like listening to podcasts. Do you know where your passport is? I do. (laughs) It's in a drawer on the top left-hand side. That's why if somebody burgles your house, (laughs) you always open the drawer on the top left and the right-hand side, because that's where the goodies are. Yes, I know. Stop doing the dishes, folks. Go and move your passport to the drawer (laughs) three down, because that's really where you should be storing it. And it's the same with your digital life. So how do we deal with the fact that everybody needs a 100 other passwords for a 100 other sites that they don't visit? So there are various types of password managers out there. Some of them are very sophisticated. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is the thing that I want to to research or get into, this is something that's important to my life. So we said, jokingly, we are vendor agnostic. I cannot recommend a password manager. Um, if you can find me on Twitter and send me a direct message personally, I will personally recommend a password manager. But some of them really are very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So that those complexity rules, some of them will auto-generate you complex passwords. Oh, sure. Some of them will cache the sites that you go to. So as you said, you only need to remember the password manager passwords plus the other important ones that yeah. never go into the password manager. Everything else can be Mm auto-generated. There's a very fascinating thing that I worry about is what happens if I die? Yeah. Does my digital life just slowly evaporate? Mm. Are my accounts eventually all going to be hacked? There is one password manager that will generate you one-time passwords that will get you back into that password manager account. So my dad and my mum both separately have a little envelope and inside that envelope is a one-time password. So if something, God forbid, happens to me, they They can can get get straight back in and shut down my digital life. So this is a good thing. And, you know, some of you will be of ages where you have older parents. Think about these things like password managers. Because, heaven forbid, it's going to happen to everybody. They're going to lose a loved one. And they have to go through and figure out where their passport is, where their birth certificate is. Mm -hmm. That's fine when it's paper in a contained house. Yeah. But so much of our life is online nowadays. Exactly. So having that kind of ability to 
trust somebody and give them just the one shot to get back in. I don't know what happens if they mistype that password. <laughs> Maybe they can't get back in. That's it. I feel more comfortable knowing that that option is out there. You're never going to have the perfect solution to things like cybersecurity. We said it before at the start, it's a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. You've hit the nail on the head. Yes, maybe this episode is about passwords. We will do episodes about other things. It's about thinking about the potential problems and at least having a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Maybe your plan, it may work, it may not work. But it's better to have a plan than not have a plan in the first place. So, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. This has been a really enjoyable chat. (laughs) It's always good to chat to you. Always good to chat. (laughs) And um, and thank you, folks, for listening to our show. Um, You can follow us at Sakarma on Twitter. That's right. At Sakarma Labs on Twitter for more technical details. And we will put an email contact into the show notes if you have any questions or just want to throw us random abuse because the internet seems to like doing that, send us an email. Thank you for being on, Dave. Have a nice day, the rest of you folks. Put your passport in a more sensible place, please. (laughs) And we will speak to you next time.